0: listening to episode 165 of Shades Midweek. This is a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. We are bringing this podcast to you directly from Three Stream Studio here on Oxmoor Road. My name is John Mark DeRoe. I'm the worship pastor here at Shades Valley Community Church. I'm joined by the two other pastors here on staff, Brad Brown and Jonathan Haifs. Uh Just so that everyone knows, we took uh, a few weeks off. We took a little summer break. A lot of us were, were traveling on vacation, doing various things over the last few weeks. We just did not have time to get any episodes in. So I do apologize, but we're very excited to be back on a regular schedule. So how was everyone's 4th of July? That was last week. How, did you guys do anything special?
1: We did fireworks on uh, that, I think it was Sunday night. Was it that Sunday night, actually? I did. Hoover doesn't do them on the 4th, because I think they know that the Thunder on the Mountain is a bigger budget show, and everybody's going to go to that on the actual 4th. So they do theirs like a few days earlier. Yeah. And it was actually super awesome, because we went out to the Met, and we thought it was going to get rained out, but it didn't. What basically happened was 30 minutes before the fireworks... God put on a lightning show. Oh, wow. And we just, like, wa- I mean, it was insanely cool. Like, I've got some of it on video. And we just watched lightning for, like, a half hour. And then we watched fireworks for a half hour. Amazing. And then we went home. Um, and so on the actual 4th, we just chilled. Like, we let that count as our fireworks instead of, like, doing the whole, like, traffic jam downtown kind of thing. And, Oof. and so on the 4th, we just chilled and ate good food and hung out. And Yeah. So, Brad, do you ever do anything on the 4th?
2: You know, the fourth was my 35th birthday. <laughs> 35 years young. Um, yeah. Independence, baby. So it was great. Jordan was sick and EA was sick, so <laughs> we couldn't be around my family Parenthood. or go anywhere and celebrate. So we stayed at home all day and did nothing. And there was something that was very nice about that.
1: I'm, I'm curious for you. That's, that's spoken like a true 35-year-old you know, the older you get, it's like, yeah. And we went to bed on New Year's Eve at 10 o'clock and it was glorious. Um, uh, I'm curious for you. I tell people that 35, like usually when I have a birthday, I don't feel like it's a big deal. Like I don't feel like some kind of existential difference or something. It's just mm-hmm. like, nah, you know, just rolling on. But 35, I really did feel like a shift where I was like, I, I tell people it's when I felt like a real adult, like, like when I would be in a meeting uh i didn't feel like the kid at the table anymore like oh i shouldn't be here i'm too young to be here or people are looking at me as like the really young pastor i was like i don't know why i turned 35 and i'm like okay i'm i'm an adult mm. Has what has 35 done anything for you brad or are you just still in the midst of a bleary-eyed baby face so you know you I, I would it. say i feel
2: that with my pastoral ministry with the counseling ministry, not so much. I feel like the kid at the table. Probably because it's
1: so brand new.
2: Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I'm starting to feel like, an, isn't that weird? Like I'm so old. Like when I, anytime I go and speak to the youth or teenagers, I just feel so old. Like All, for, your for,
1: references in slang don't work anymore. Well, for
2: instance, are, are y'all familiar with the slang term bet?
1: Use so it in a uh, sentence.
2: <laughs> hey, can you? You want to go to a restaurant together? Bet, let's go.
1: Yep, don't know it. <laughs> I'm it's usually dead. I'm usually up on these things.
2: As
0: opposed to like, you bet, you betcha. Is it just it, shortened? It, it's shortened. <laughs> Everything's shortened. <laughs> the vernacular
2: is shortened. No, it, I think <laughs> it means cool.
0: Okay. Yeah,
2: bet. No, nah, I bet, man. Um, all right. Well, so, there you go. Yeah, what was your question?
1: Do you still feel bet, <laughs> or do you feel like a real adult? I mean, no, I'm, I'm starting to feel older. So,
0: <laughs> Well, yeah. I, I'm 35 years old, and I'm leading the youth worship night tonight. Well, Kenya's going to be leading with me. She's probably going to lead most of the That's songs. That's going to be but great. I definitely feel like going to be the old man in the room. and I was debating on maybe doing one of those uh, <laughs> Gen, the, the Z Gen Z worship songs. songs. <laughs> If you, when, you haven't when the seen world this- is mid you are gas you are gas <laughs> you hit different yes you slap yes you slap and my favorite line i will clap back on the devil cuz he's always acting sus <laughs> if you
1: haven't seen those just just do a quick google, a google search you can find it oh man anyway well, yeah, well, I'm yeah, glad to be back doing Shades It's good Man to be back week. together.
0: Yeah, we, we had a good 4th of July ourselves. We went down to the beach all week and had a great, great time. For the 4th, we actually drove into Seaside, which is like a little beach town there on 30A, and they had fireworks and all kinds of stuff. And Amazing. Spent, spent too much money on glue in the dark Minecraft swords for the kids. Uh ice cream. So it was it was great though. We loved it. We had we had such a great time. It's just good to be back in the studio with you guys and really excited about today's episode. So should we get moving? Let's yeah, get let's into it. it. All right, JM's album of the week. JM's album of the week. This one has been a long time coming. I was actually gonna feature the entire album. A few weeks ago, but we didn't end up not having a podcast, so I'm behind. I have some albums. I've got like a backlog now that I'm work, having to work through, man. But this is the full-length Instrumentals record from Shades. It's called Before Creation. This track is called Division Cease. is also making us one on the uh, Wanderings record that came out last year. But yeah, we finally released all the Instrumental Tracks off the record, super pumped about it. I just wanted to get it out to everyone. So if you like listening to instrumental music while you work, while you're chilling at home, maybe eating dinner, put on Before Creation by Shades. You can stream it on Spotify, Apple Music, all the places where you can find... New music,
1: dude. Uh, I'll give you my two favorite ways of listening to this record right now. All right. Um, the first one is anytime I'm studying, doing reading, because it's hard for me to study with music with lyrics going on. Right. Um, so put it on while you're reading. But the other one is if I'm spending some focused time in prayer, some meditation um, prayer. Yeah. Because yeah. so I mean, it's not uncommon that I would like put on worship music, but I can find that sometimes that will kind of distract me because i I know the song and I'll start singing along with the mm-hmm. song and all that. Me too. You know? Yeah. And so but but this is nice to put on actually fine instead of distracting. Like it helps me to focus. So yeah, those are two ways I've been using it. I highly endorse it. Two thumbs up from Jonathan
0: Hayes. I've been listening to it all the time. Alright, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. Really sweet kind words from you both We're hoping to put out some more music some point soon, so I'll probably just keep tooting that horn for a while until we actually do it. Toot uh, toot.
1: If you'd like to make that move faster, just send your thousands and thousands of dollar donations. to.
0: Yeah, uh, you can go to Shadesongs.com. You can follow us at Shadesongs on Instagram. There's a little link tree in our bio, and if you would like to give, or maybe you want to buy some merch, You can do so through Venmo, PayPal, there's various ways to do so. And in all
1: seriousness, all of that does help to fund future projects. Yeah,
0: absolutely. We're not really pocketing anything. We're not making any money off of this music. And ultimately, whatever we do make from streaming and various other sources, we're putting back into making more music. And that's, that's the ultimate goal. So Shades, the album's called Before Creation, check it out. Brad, you got a book? I just might. I
2: thought we were going to redo that.
0: I, I am still working <laughs> on that. I'm working. There's yeah. another song now, the jingle that I'm working on.
2: And I that, can't wait. Yeah. Well, it's good to be back with you all on Bradford's Book Club. Sometimes you have to go down into that cellar and the wine cellar that we all have in our house and go to the shelf and Grab that book and take, blow the dust off it, and open it back up. So you keep your books in, in the your wine, wine in your cellar. wine cellar. I love the mixing okay. of metaphors here. Yes. Okay. And there's dust, you know, like the dust on there's dust on the bookshelves, and you have a <laughs> candle. Yeah, follow that. You take the candle down into the wine cellar and. And, and there's, a, there's
0: a book down
2: there, and it, you
1: you know, you okay. open it, you open it up in your you, long pajama shirt with your your little nightcap on your head. Exactly,
2: that's what we're metaphorically doing today on Bradford's Book Club. We not I'm, a
0: study. You don't have a study.
2: In no, this no, metaphor. no, 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 no. It's with it's the books. wine cellar. Okay. So the book that. I'm bringing back up his book that we've talked about before on the podcast. We did an entire episode where we discussed a chapter and what we learned from the chapter and thought about the chapter. But let me tell you guys, this book is worth bringing up again. The book is Compassion and Conviction, co-authored by Justin Gibney, Michael Ware, and Chris Butler, The Ann Campaign's Guide to Faithful Civic Engagement. All right, So often, political questions are framed in these impossible ways for faithful Christians who are forced to choose between things like social justice and biblical values or supporting women and opposing abortion. As a result, it's easy for Christians to grow disillusioned and to fall back into tribal ex- extremes. You guys have never seen that, have you? The state of affairs has damaged Christian public witness. So this book Exists to educate and organize Christians for faithful civic and cultural engagement. Right? How do we engage the political sphere with compassion and conviction? If you haven't gotten the book, shame on you. Come over to my house, we'll go down to the wine cellar, I'll pull <laughs> out a couple extra copies that I have, and I'll give you one. That's with a Bradford's book club with him promise. in his, his sleep shirt and nightcap. Um, but isn't this such a great book, guys?
0: It really is. I, I've been following the and campaign for a few years now and actually found them through social media. It must have been during the 2020 pandemic and everything that was going on, social unrest, everything that was happening, found, man, what a voice to find during that time too. Totally. Just a very wow. measured, measured tone, not angry, not upset, just Addressing the issues, approaching it with uh, faithfulness, approaching it with civility. And so, yeah, uh, highly recommend that book. Follow them on Instagram. There's a chapter here in Birmingham. We're going to talk more about that today, actually. You can get on
2: Audible. Audible, there you You go. You can listen to it. So, check it out Compassion and Conviction The End Campaign's Guide to Faithful Civic Engagement by Justin Gibney, Michael Ware, and Chris Butler. Forward by Barbara Williams Skinner.
1: Well, Great recommendation. It is a great recommendation. And to move from something serious <laughs> to something maybe not as serious, why don't we take a trip? Let's tumble down <laughs> into the email corridor. Tumble. Down into the wine cellar the, of the email, email cor- corridor. Oh, we're tumbling down because a text message on occasion tumbles down into the old corridor, and that is what has happened. I received a text from one of our faves. Sir Kenneth McCants. Ah, Dr. McCants. And so I received the following from the good doctor. Honorary doctor. He says. From Shades Valley Community Church.
2: Did you know his father is a doctor? I did not know that, but I'm not
1: surprised, John. I'm trying to remember what kind of doctor he is right now. I can't off the top of my head, and I feel like I should know it. Um, See, anyway vet-
0: veterinarian all right no 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 <laughs> just i don't know why i said that oh
1: i think he's a urologist okay so anyway oh. okay if no one else has emailed in i personally would love a full midweek episode on the use of recreational drugs <sighs> for research purposes of course well wow. kenneth
2: <laughs> only if we have, only if he's willing to come on and share his thoughts, because <laughs> here at Shades Midweek we want You're you to par- be part of the conversation. Yeah. Well,
0: Kenny is obviously referencing an email that was sent in by SVCC member uh, Doug Abernathy, in which he asked a question about recreational use of marijuana, Mary Jane, and we responded to that. You can listen to that response on a previous episode. However.
1: Which I felt like that response was rather thorough and <laughs> would likely apply to all recreational use of drugs. It apparently Kenneth. got Doctor McCance's wheels spinning. Oh my goodness!
0: Well, so now he wants to have a further conversation, some uh, a pastor facts, if you will, on recreational drugs usage. Uh, well,
1: Kenneth <laughs> and Christianity. I tell you what, we're going to put this pharmacology. Idea, we're going to put this idea in the in the hopper. We're going to put it in the old. Uh, uh backlog of things we could potentially do or talk about i'm not gonna make any promises right now we'll put it in the file cabinet in the wine cellar and see what happens
2: (laughs) but it
0: would be fun to bring on somebody
1: that that's what i was thinking i was like sitting here going i feel like i've said everything that i have to say maybe if we brought on a guest who like this is more their area maybe they wrote a book on it or something perspectives we'll do some research See yeah. what we can figure out here. Well, But we do appreciate uh, yeah. we do appreciate <laughs> the communication. That's right. Kenny. As as always. And if you would like to pass along your episode ideas, we would love to hear them. And so you can email us midweek at shadesvalley.org. Where you're part of the conversation. That's right. All right. Well, now from something not so serious to something more serious <laughs> again. Uh this, as, as John Mark just said a moment ago, uh, the recommendation from Brad's, uh, Bradford's book club has a, there's a specific reason you brought that book back up, and it's because we have an interview that we have been looking forward to for a long time. One we did not think was possible, um, and so Shades Midweek might have been absent for the past couple of weeks, but we're coming back with a bang. strong. So without further ado, here it is. Well, we are really excited On today's episode of Shades Midweek Because we have an interview That, uh, one, we all have kind of been Hoping we could do for a long time Mm -hmm. Not really sure that we could pull it off As many of you know Our our podcast here has tens of listeners And so we just have a lot of pull and power In getting these uh, high-status interviews here Um, But graciously... Graciously, we are joined uh, by Justin Gibney of the ANN Campaign. And uh, Justin, thank you so much for agreeing just to spend some time with us this morning.
3: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: We first became exposed to the ANN Campaign through your book, um, and we read it together as a staff. We did an episode of this podcast dedicated to discussing one specific chapter. Um, And then as the ANN campaign chapter started here in Birmingham, uh, we were at that initial event uh, where you spoke that evening and actually did another episode dedicated to talking about what that event was like. And so we've been following the Church Politics podcast for a while. Um, So just I I think it's obvious and we'll just say we're big fans (laughs) Um, and and just really appreciate the work that you and your team do do. And uh, so maybe just to get us started, because not everybody that listens will be familiar with you and the AND Campaign. So maybe just share a little bit about yourself and your own story and how you came to do the work that you do.
3: Sure. Well, uh, first thing again, I appreciate the opportunity to, to be here with you guys and uh, certainly appreciate the support and kind of spreading the word about what the AN Campaign is trying to accomplish. Uh, I'm originally from Denver, Colorado. I am the uh, son of a PK. My grandfather was a bishop in the Church of uh, Living God PGT Nation. Uh, so, so grew up in the church. Uh, was you know uh, played sports. Ended up going to Vanderbilt University on a football scholarship. Uh, there, I studied social policy and philosophy. Went to law school. Got a job at um, in Atlanta at a law firm in Atlanta. And when I first came to Atlanta, just had a group of friends where we were always talking about politics. Uh, either politics or sports. And um, one day I was like, you know, why are we being so uh, academic about this? Why don't we get into the game? I mean, we're of age. We should see if we can help somebody else. So there's a mayoral campaign going on. We did our research and, and kind of joined, knocked on the door of one of the campaigns, joined the campaign, ended up winning that uh, election. And from then on, because I was with the campaign from beginning to end, I just started kind of running campaigns, being around politics all the time. I worked in the, Uh, mayor's law office uh, for for quite a bit. So uh, that's really how I got into it. But as I was in, you know, kind of doing political strategy and all that and did so for over a decade, I really began to, you know, feel that there was a um, I wasn't incorporating my faith in the way that I should. Uh, Being in a very progressive city, I found that it was easy for, for a lot of Christians to leave their convictions behind and just do whatever kind of you know the uh, the folks around us were doing. You know, pretty much going a little, probably a little far too left. But I had friends who were in more conservative circles who they felt were, you know, going too far right. And so I was just really prayerfully, you know, was was trying to find a better way to articulate how Christians should engage politics. And I remember running to an uh, into uh, Ephesians four, chapter fourteen through fifteen, which says that Christians should be able to speak the truth in love. And I thought not only did that that apply to our interpersonal relationships, but it should apply to our public witness. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's what Christians were missing. We have this uh, false dichotomy where we have justice Christians on the left and morality Christians on the right. But I think we should all be concerned about those things, and we should all check the excesses of both sides. Uh, So that's kind of what we try to do, combine the compassion and conviction of Christ, understand that both the left and the right, even if they're not equivalent, both have their problems and christians should be able to identify those and not let any party or ideology be the master of our social act
2: that's great well and the work that you all have done has been so helpful for us as pastors because i grew up in an environment where politics were talked about in the church it was right leaning and so as i grew up i rejected that but then there was no sort of positive replacement if you will how do I speak positively about politics in a way that I think aligns with the scriptures, um, my theological convictions, and also a way that's helpful for Christians who are wrestling with these issues. And so the and campaign for us as pastors has been such a gift in giving us some language and really giving us a model because that's what we needed. We needed a model for how to talk about politics Uh, because to be honest, we weren't given that in seminary. (laughs) And so you guys have kind of been that for us and have really empowered us to do that. And so we talked about the AN campaign on our podcast before, but for those that may not be familiar with it, why don't you tell us just a little bit about it and what some of its aims are?
3: Sure. The AN campaign is a Christian civic organization. Uh, We're primarily focused on uh, education, which is raising civic literacy and also helping Christians engage politics uh, again, not so much as partisans, not as Democrats and Republicans, although you can be in a party if you want to, um, not so much as conservatives or progressives, but as Christians and kind of pressing the reset button to understand that a lot of the ways that we frame politics, even the conservative versus progressive stuff, needs to be reframed uh, because in, in many of those instances, we're, we're um, presented with two two wrong answers. And the AND campaign things, just like in, when Jesus did, when he was presented with a question that didn't have a right answer, he reframed the question and he answered it in a way that uh, that allowed for a faithful answer. And we think that needs to happen with our politics, that sometimes we just accept, uh, whether we're progressive or conservative, we accept how things are presented to us instead of really digging in and saying, you know what, this this, this, this there's a better way to go about this. Uh, so the AND campaign is really serious about that. Again, we, we focus on that false dichotomy between justice and moral order. And we look at the Bible and we say, when we look at the gospel, when we look at other parts of the Bible, we see a concern for justice and a concern for moral order. We don't see those as being separate. We don't see those as being at odds. Uh, And we're trying to help Christians understand that through our compassion and conviction um, framework. We also do things like we uh, train Christians who want to run for office or want to run campaigns or be a part of campaigns. We have Mm -hmm. a Christian Civic Leadership Academy. Just finished our second, well, just finished the sessions with our second cohort. Uh, That's going pretty well. We bring in really uh, great uh, practitioners and others to, to lead the sessions, to talk about the philosophy and theology behind how we should engage politics, but also the X's and O's of the anatomy of a campaign and things of that nature. Uh, we have a whole life uh, committee, which is a bunch of uh, Christian sisters who are trying to engage the conversation about abortion in a more faithful way, in a more holistic way. Uh, and so much of what we do is really trying to educate folks, change the narratives, change some of these false narratives that I think have caused many of us to be unfaithful in the public square.
1: One of the things that I think, was really helpful for me, Justin, uh, as a pastor, is just kind of reframing um, how politics and it, how, maybe how political engagement is uh, really, it's a discipleship issue uh, for Christians. And so, you know, it's been awesome to see the AN campaign and the work that y'all are doing, but I wonder um, if you have um, some, some thoughts or maybe have seen some examples of ways that churches within their local churches like practically engage their congregation in political discipleship, uh, especially without becoming partisan, right? Because all of my experience yep. of politics within local church situations has always seemed to be partisan in one way or the other. So, so how do you how do you mm-hmm. kind of engage in political discipleship on on the local church
3: level? That's a good question. I mean, one place to start is just presenting certain principles right? Principles of civility, Uh principles of even not theological pluralism, but civic pluralism, understanding that we do live in a country that ha- that has people with different beliefs. And whether we agree with them or not, we can engage and disagree with them. We do need to have a certain level of respect for people to be able to bring their ideas to the, to the public square, that in this uh, constitutional republic, we do not force people to do certain things, right? We hear them out and we try to persuade them to do certain things so i think and there's a number of those principles in in our book to start off with principles not saying where you should land on every policy but saying these are principles that as christians we should we should follow and shouldn't have a problem following the other way is just to keep them informed whether you're bringing uh the prosecutor in your in your city to have a conversation with the people there uh whether you're you know your council member or whatever just to have those conversations i think is very important um you know, so many people are, are really excited, or are, are really talk a lot about criminal justice, and I'm glad that's the truth. But then they don't know who their prosecutor is in, in their area, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, well, you say you want to do it, and you do, you talk about it on social media, mm-hmm. but you know, have we done the due diligence to know who the people are who are representing us? So uh, those are, I think, those are two ways to start with principles and just informing people without necessarily telling them where to land. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that, that's actually a good segue to this next question we have, which is it, it would seem like most politically active Christians focus or can tend to focus primarily on national politics. In what ways can we be more involved at a local level, uh, like you were mentioning? How can we be more aware of what's going on uh, with our local politics?
3: Yeah, I'm, the first place to, to, to start is just reading your local newspaper, right? And seeing what's going on in local politics. Uh, most In most places, because of open meetings, you can either go to the meeting or you can watch some of the city council or school board meetings online. That may not be something you do uh, every other week, but it might be something you do a couple times a year just to stay informed. Uh, there's so many ways, and, and I like the, the local focus because you can save yourself a lot of heartache and frustration. Not that there's no frustration in local politics, but you have more, you can have more of a, an immediate impact. Mm. And I think people fail to realize that if a group of five people consistently goes to the city council or goes to the school board in most places, you're going to have an impact. You know, your council mm. person is going to listen to you if they know you are engaged. Um, and so focusing locally is very important, but it starts with informing yourself. You don't have to necessarily go in there and, and feel like you have to comment and, and weigh in on everything sometimes you just need to know what the issues are. So sometimes you just need to look at the agenda and see what's coming up and what might have an impact on you or have an impact on uh, your neighbors.
1: Man, I, I think that's so, so helpful. And we actually, we, we want to be respectful of your time. We have a couple more questions we'd like to ask you. But, but first, Justin, you've agreed, you're you're a very serious guy. You're a very serious guy, but you have agreed to participate and some of our nonsense uh, <laughs> that we do here on our podcast grudgingly. grudgingly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, without further ado, uh, we're going to take you into what we like to call the lightning round. That's you weren't great. ready for the music, were you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, lightning round. We're just going to ask you some random questions. Justin, get to know you a little better, and uh, here we go. Just ask or answer as quickly as you can. Some some questions you may need to take more time. That's fine. All right. How do you like your eggs? I don't. All right. <laughs> that's the, that's first, the first time. That's
1: the first time we've gotten someone who did not like eggs. I know. All What's right. your favorite breakfast food then? Pancakes. Mm. That's a controversial answer too. That's right. Pancakes or waffles.
2: Okay. If they made a movie about your life, who would you want to play you? Oh, wow. Um, Denzel Washington. (laughs) That's a great answer. That's
1: awesome.
0: All right. If you could go anywhere in the world on vacation, where would you go?
3: Maybe Egypt. I like that. I like that I think
1: that's a first. How often do you floss?
3: How often do I floss? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, about four days a week.
1: It's nice. very That's way way more regular yeah. than any of us. Oh my goodness!
2: What would be your dream car?
3: I'm not really into cars, but uh, I like I like like older Cadillacs. So mm. maybe some o- older, you know, '90s Cadillac. Not old old, but like some the '90s Cadillacs are pretty cool.
1: Oh yeah! Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok? Twitter. Or threads now. You (laughs)
3: got to add threads. Yeah, threads.
1: Got to add threads. Oh, man. Do aliens exist?
3: It's looking
0: like it. (laughs) (laughs) That's great.
1: That's my favorite question we ask people.
0: Uh, Is there a movie recently that you've seen that you would recommend?
3: I haven't seen a whole lot of movies recently. No, not off the top of my head.
0: Are there any TV shows that you're currently watching?
3: Um
1: alone. Okay. You're you're married, oh. correct? Yeah. How long have you been married? Ten years. Any kiddos? Uh three. Awesome. Mm. What's your favorite thing about being a dad?
3: Just hearing them learn new things, uh, and, and articulate them. Mm. Especially uh, biblical things, you know. Learn the Bible and kind of articulate it. Hearing, hearing the kid pray or recite scriptures. For yeah. Two. Yeah.
0: Um, so I've been to Atlanta a lot. Do you have a favorite restaurant that you like to go to there?
3: Mm, that's a good question. Um. Yes. I would have to say. I'm gonna say K and K is up the street from me on uh, Bankhead.
0: All right. Mm. Did you Did you play any sports in high school?
3: Football, uh, basketball,
0: and track.
1: What's your favorite sports team? The Vanderbilt Commodore.
0: Vandy.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay, Desert Island. You can take three books with you.
1: What three books are you taking? You're not allowed to say the Bible.
3: <laughs> oh, wow. Is this a Christian show? I thought it thought was a Christian show, but maybe not. Um, I have to say G.K. Chesterton's Orthodoxy. Ah, nice. Um the uh, biography of, uh, Frederick Douglass mm-hmm. and compassion and conviction.
2: There you go. There
0: you go. All right. I one more, that. one more quick question. Uh, you're hosting a dinner party and you can have anyone at your party, uh, three, three guests, uh, dead or alive. Who Who's on your guest list? But No one from the Bible. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I would have to say, uh, Dr. Gardner C. Taylor, who was the, the, the oh, Dean yeah. known as the Dean of preacher, mm-hmm. uh, GK Chesterton. Mm-hmm. I'd have to, I'd want to have that conversation and maybe Sojourner truth.
0: I love it. It's All a, right. It's a
3: great dinner party. It's you great.
0: survived the lightning round.
1: Well, thank you for putting up with our, uh, nonsense. So just a, a few more questions. Uh, cause like we said, we, we want to respect your time. Um, so, so this is something that I've had conversations with, uh, several, uh, congregants about, uh, when it, when it comes to engaging specific, uh, issues, political issues, uh, people can often feel overwhelmed. Like I need to give, I mean, especially I think as Christians, when you feel the need to be compassionate, it, it can feel like I, I need to give equal attention to every single issue that exists out there. Like, what perspective would you offer to people uh, concerning faithful Christian engagement with like specific issues? Like, if someone, for instance, you you, you mentioned earlier, um, the uh, the team of, of women uh, associated with the End Campaign who are focused on uh, whole life issues, uh, specifically with the yep. issue of abortion. Like, like when someone's feeling like they need to give special attention to a specific issue. Like, like, just how do we think through that as a Christian? Like, there's so many things I could engage. Should I focus on one? Should I try and engage everything that's out there?
3: That's a good. That's a really good question. Um, practically speaking, it's impossible to deeply engage every issue. Yeah. Uh, so don't feel pressured to deeply engage everything. I think it is possible to have a general knowledge of, of a lot of different areas. And then you just have to find sources that you trust. Um, not everybody's going to be able to sit up and read all these, you know, every policy all the time, but you might have sources that you trust who do look over those, that stuff that you can still listen to them and critique what they're saying, but you might be able to lean on that to some extent, but you should feel the need to be diligent, the need to inform yourself. That's a good feeling, but don't, I wouldn't get too stressed out because you can't know everything. Uh, and so the, if you can lean on others, things that you're passionate about, or especially things that are in impacting the people around you i would maybe those are things to spend a little bit of extra time uh engaging and understanding but none of us can uh, know everything
2: so one of the things that i think the and campaign articulates so well is um when it talks about political idolatry and the church's temptation towards political idolatry but another issue that i think we have within our congregation and i'm also speaking personally, is a type of political cynicism and resignation. And so I was really thinking about this in my own life. I feel like on paper, I'm very similar to Tim Keller. I feel like he's probably the best articulation of when I think about cultural engagement or political engagement. But in um, my life and my uh, behavior, sometimes I can be a little more (laughs) Anabaptist, even though I would never articulate that. So it's kind of this complete removal and when I think about politicians um, or I think about the political world, it's all cynical and it's all negative. And I think, you know, some of our congregation have that tendency. And so, one of the things that your work has done is it's shown me uh, that God is at work in the political world and that there are Christians that are doing good work in the political world. And it, it, it kind of softens my hard heart towards politics. So I was just wondering if there are any stories that you have that might warm a cynic's heart um, in regards to things that you've seen as you've engaged with politics, because you've been very involved at at various levels.
3: Yeah, I mean, I've seen people, you know, I've seen several different uh, times when people needed certain resources and there were politicians who were able to use their public witness to provide to provide resources. I mean, we gotta think about things like, whether it's um, disabled people or people who need, uh, who have mental health issues. I've seen recent legislation even here in Georgia that opened up more resources for people with mental health issues. If we're just so cynical that we don't wanna engage, I think for us, it becomes a, a stewardship issue. As a citizen, you have a certain amount of influence, and that influence needs to be used to help others. Whether you think it's going to always work or not, uh, if you really look, you know, if you really look closely, again, if you look at the agendas on, I'm sure the city council in Birmingham is is doing something that's helping people. If you look close enough, mm. now, will that be the story that you see on the front page news, or will that be the story that's the headline, <laughs> you know, on television? Maybe not. But if we look close enough, those things are happening. Uh, And so we need to, you know, we need to steward our influence to make them happen as often as possible Uh, and know that God is in control and that we do right and we use our influence well, not because it will always get the outcome we want, but because it glorifies God. Mm -hmm. And so if you can't see any any other reason why you say, this is my public witness, I'm going to make a statement and glorify God with that witness. And sometimes uh, that has just has to be enough. Uh,
0: we're moving into a primary season. We have an election next year. Things could be uh, start to heat up here. What What is just some basic advice, some wisdom that you have for us as Christians as we engage uh, nationally as politics really? comes into focus and into scope on a national level here. What, How, how should we uh, respond to one another? How should we listen to one another, especially those that may vote or think differently about certain issues?
3: Well, the first thing I, I can guarantee that you'll hear from both sides is this is the most important election ever. <laughs> um, and the fact that they say that every time probably means that it's not. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't engage, but it does mean that you should be able to approach it soberly. Right. The world, you know, it, it, the world is not going to end just based on this, this decision. Now, I don't want to downplay the fact that whoever's president is going to have a, a major impact on what we do, but they always do. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also checks and balances to, to do our best to make sure that we put others in places that can make sure that that if we think it's going to be damaging, uh, that that damage is somehow, you know, checked. So just put things into perspective. God is in control. It, who you vote for matters but it's not likely uh, the most important thing that's ever happened in your life, okay? Um, Mm -hmm. Again, I think local politics and all that are are just as important. The other thing is you don't change people's mind by yelling at them or tweeting the most awful things that you can find, Mm -hmm. right? So you you can kind of save some time and just going after people and, and arguing with family members where that time might be better spent just hearing their perspective and just wanting to understand why do you think this way? I think one of the biggest problems that we have is we argue with people without really knowing the good that they're trying to achieve. And most people, whether we agree with them or not, whether we think it's the best approach or not, most people do have some good that they're trying to aim at. And if you're arguing with them without knowing what that is, then I don't think you're doing them justice or yourself justice. And you're most likely not going to come to to a a good solution or or any type of understanding. So take the time to understand understand people, hear them out uh, and, and just understand that people are more than their vote. So even if you disagree with somebody, they're more than their vote and it certainly isn't losing worth losing a brother or sister over. Uh, And I think that's a, a good place to start.
1: Well, Justin, here, as we wrap things up, um, if people want, if people in our church want to get more involved uh, with the AN campaign um, or maybe even with the uh, the whole life initiative that you, you mentioned earlier, how would they go about um, engaging y'all's work more and getting involved in specifically what the AN campaign is doing?
3: Yeah, for sure. So you can always contact us at engage at org. So you can ask questions. Uh, Birmingham actually, you know, uh, has a, a And campaign chapter. So that's, one way to get involved and get and help other Christians in your area and church get involved. Uh, you can follow us on, on Instagram at, at a and D campaign. Uh, Same thing with Twitter. Uh, we're not on threads yet, but I'm, I'm getting there. Uh, <laughs> and so maybe by the time this comes out, we'll be on threads too. But uh, those are some ways that, to contact us. You can just go to our website, which is and Uh again, read the book for those who haven't. Uh, but we we look forward to hearing from you because we're just, an organization that's creating a model, uh, to really get into it, we need the church. um, And that's by design.
0: How can we be praying for you in the AND campaign?
3: You know, we've, uh, thankfully, because of folks like y'all, we've uh, gained some support, uh, some some more exposure. And I think, as always, just that we are led uh, by the Spirit. We're led by God's Word and not by our own um, agendas. Uh, That's something that we always wanna keep at the front of mind. Um, and just that, you know, that we can find ways to reach more believers that are looking for a better way to do college.
1: Well, Justin, would it be okay if we close at our time by praying for you and the end campaign? Please. Thank you. Brad, you want to pray for us? Yeah. Gracious Heavenly
2: Father, I thank you for this time we've had this morning. I thank you for Justin and the work that you have called him to. I thank you for the end campaign and the work that they're doing I pray that even in this morning that you would encourage him by your spirit, that he would see the work that you're doing through him. I imagine that at times with the type of issues that he's speaking about, he receives criticism and pushback. And so, Father, I pray that you would strengthen him to be able to continue to do the work that you called him to. I pray that the truth and the beauty and the goodness with which they speak about, which is centered on you and your word, would spread, that it would get a platform, that others would see it, and ultimately, we pray that everything that the end Campaign does would glorify you. We pray this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: Amen.
3: Amen. Amen. Justin,
1: yeah, thank you so much for giving us some of your time. And just know that we pray regularly for you and the ANN campaign are just so appreciative of the work you all are doing. Mm
3: -hmm. Thank you. I appreciate
1: it.
0: Thank you so much.